0: This is now part number three. Point number four, concerning the thorns. It is also representative of, you shall know them by the fruit, by the fruit of their lives. According to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 44, you will know them by their fruit. And does, you know, a tree and grapevines produce uh, uh, thorns versus uh producing grapes instead. It says in Jeremiah 12:13, they have sown wheat, but they reap thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but shall not profit. They shall be ashamed of your revenues because of the fierce anger of the Lord. So in this case, the thorns are representative of your fruit. Now, here's something interesting. I had done a study. And, of course, uh, having loved science back in the years when I was younger, and botany, and biology, and zoology, and all that. As I did the study, they have actually, or, or I'm, I'm trying to find the word, the, the way that a thing develops, whether it's a word, a sentence structure, but in this case, how a branch uh, develops. When certain branches don't develop correctly, Those little branches that should have grown into big branches actually are little dwarfed branches. They're thorns. Where there should have been a branch growing, a thorn grew in its place. Check it out one day. Do a little research and you'll be amazed at at some of the things. That before the curse came, a lot of these little plants and things where now they have a rose bush and it has all kinds of thorns... Instead of there have been a thorn there, there should have been a little branch producing roses. Now you stop and think about that about a person's life. Bearing fruit. Instead of bearing fruit, a branch. Remember, you are the branches. And you bear the fruit. And instead of bearing the fruit on the branch, we're producing thorns. No wonder sometimes people don't want to get around us. Because we're like a prickly pear. We just actually bother everybody. We're like a cactus. Uh, when when our life, instead of being able to produce the fruit that glorifies God, it produces thorns that winds up sticking everybody and frustrating people's lives. So just consider that. Point number five. The thorns were also a cursed thing, according to Hebrews 6, eight. He says, but that which beareth thorns and barriers is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. Hmm, consider that. A thorn is considered something that is a curse. As a result of man's treason against God, his rebellion, his disobedience, man wound up having the ground cursed. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, And unto Adam he said, Because thou have hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and you have eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. And in verse 18, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat of the herbs of the field. Wow. No wonder we can't get rid of them. They're part of a curse. Then it says, point number seven, when the enemy is not driven out of our lives, we're supposed to have a victorious life, but when the enemy is not driven out of our life and he has a foothold, he has a place somewhere in our lives, this is what the scripture says concerning the thorns. In this case, remember, we started off with the thorns on Christ's head. We're looking at the symbolism here. we at right? the shadows and the types and the patterns. When the enemy is not driven out of our lives, according to Numbers uh, 33, 55, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that, that those which yet shall remain, you that, that you let remain of them, shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side, and they shall vex you in the land that you dwell in. In Joshua 23, verse 13, Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your side and thorns in your eyes. Now, I don't know about you. Getting a speck of dust in your eye is really painful. I cannot even begin to imagine having a thorn in your eye. And you shall, until you perish from the, off the good land which the Lord your God has given you. So, here we have another example. Paul was buffeted by an A fallen angel an angel a messenger from Satan and caused all kinds of trouble for him but here it says that when we do not reject and deal with the enemy in our lives personally the things that we allow him to have a foothold over our lives then those things will become actually very painful in our eyes the things that we see and in our sides Uh, Those scriptures that are given there in Joshua and in the book of Numbers are very eye-openers. Point number eight, the lazy man. In the scripture, in the book of Proverbs, it says this concerning him. And that's why sometimes people get irritated with a lazy person. It says the lazy man is like uh, thorn barriers. No wonder people get irritated with them. Proverbs 15, 19, The way of the lazy, the slothful man, is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. So here's what we can conclude from some of the things that we have looked at. That on the cross, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse it is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And the word tree is the same as the word cross. A tree, you could, a branch, a, a, a log, there, there was no distinction that was made. So if you just had a stick there... Uh, Then it would have been a tree. And I'm not talking about, you know, something that's about an inch long, but, you know, a a big board or or, or a big branch. And Jesus hung on a tree. And according to Isaiah 55 13, this is the result of Christ having come. Instead of thorns shall come up fir trees, and instead of barriers shall come up myrtle trees. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And the Bible speaks of us literally as being trees. He that is planted by the water shall be like a tree. So he is talking and describing where there should be thorns growing. Where thorns should exist in our lives or in our, in our walk. You know, nothing like stepping on a thorn. Nothing like falling on something that's thorny. Or kneeling down on something that has thorns. It's very painful. But if you could replace the thorns with a fir tree. Replace them with a myrtle tree. Replace them with something that's much more pretty. Beautiful. Gives shade. Gives fruit. Gives uh, a fine fragrance. What a difference. And our lives will be the same. Different when the aroma of Jesus flows from our lives as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. As we give our lives unto Him, both in our walk and in our work or ministry to Him, then that is released in our lives. So as I mentioned earlier... The thorns are around the, <clears throat> the crown on the head of Jesus. We're talking about the battle for the mind. Romans chapter 7 verse 23 to 25. The battle for our conscience. Hebrews 9 verse 14. The battle for our imagination. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 through 6. The battle for our wills. Romans chapter seven, verse 15 to 20. The battle for our heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 to 23. The battle for faith. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12. And first Timothy chapter one, verse 18 and 19. Now these are the things That we have to deal with or are dealing with. When it comes to the areas where the sprinkling of the blood was accomplished. Number one, it was on the head of Christ. He was beaten there. He was struck. He had a crown placed upon him. And blood was running from his head. That's one Number two, on his back. On his back when he was scourged, when he was whipped and beaten, according to Mark 15, 15. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them. And delivered Jesus, when he had scourged him, to be crucified. According to the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verse 6 i gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair i hid not my face from the shame and the spitting isaiah 53 verse 3 he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows he is acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him He was despised and we esteemed him not. Isaiah 53.4 Surely he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Isaiah 53.5 But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And here it is again. And with his stripes we are healed. It was that scourging, that beating with that whip upon his back that bought the redemption for our body and the healing. In the book of 1 Peter, in chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. Once again, by his stripes we were healed. Matthew eight seventeen, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, <clears throat> saying, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. How? When he was presented there at that whipping post. And that's about a short of a detailed uh, a section that I will cover when it comes to the scourging of Jesus. Then we are going to be covering a little bit more uh, on his right hand, on his left hand, on his right foot, on his left foot, and the words for left and the words for right that are used. Are very symbolic and, and have a lot of rich meaning in them. So, we're going to take some time and for not duplicating the right hand and the right foot, the right using the word right, and the left hand and the left foot using the word left, I'm just going to incorporate the idea one time and use the hands as that which is used for working or for ministry or for deeds of evil, and the feet for walking. The way that we walk, the way that we walk, or the way we're walking, and the way that we have to walk in Christ. So that's how we're going to look at it from that point of view. So looking at the left hand, and looking at the right hand, in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 27, the scripture says, Then saith he unto Thomas, I want you to reach in with your hand with your finger and behold my hands and i want you to reach with your hand and thrust it into my side be not faithless but believing now i want you to consider something here the holes were big enough in the hands of jesus for the hand of, for the finger of thomas To be able to fit in. Just think about that. But the. The cut. The wound. On his side. Was big enough. For the whole hand. To fit inside. If he would have put his hand. In there. It would have been the heart of Jesus. That he would have been touching. Stop and think about that. to actually have touched the heart of Jesus himself. Even though he has no blood flowing through him in a glorified body, yet I believe he still has a heart. The Bible says that Jesus told him, reach in with your finger and behold my hands and reach in there with your hands. Thrust it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believing. Whoa, what a mighty thing for him to say. Please continue to part number four of the message as we continue this section on the red heifer.